With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. Happy 2009. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I've got a couple of very special guests waiting in the wings to talk about animals. First, Carrie Whitman will be giving us the latest scoop on Ace of Hearts, a wonderful dog rescue organization. And she has some other very interesting pet news that you won't want to miss hearing about. Then later, Marianne Dill has some great tips for new pet owners who are adjusting to life with a puppy or a kitten or even an older pet that they may have adopted during the holidays. It's great information for new pet owners and also a wonderful refresher course for people who've had pets for a long time. So stay tuned. We'll get started right after a quick break here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to introduce Carrie Whitman from Ace of Hearts. Welcome to the Pet Place, Carrie. Thank you very much. Well, i got to ask you, what is Ace of Hearts? Ace of Hearts is a nonprofit dog rescue foundation that I started. Um, we are 501c3. Mm-hmm. I started uh, 2001 after my beloved, wonderful companion, Ace, died. Um, and I kind of did it in his honor. And now I rescue dogs from the shelter the day they're going to be euthanized and uh-huh. try to place them in loving homes. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, where is Asa Hearts? Is that here in the Los Angeles area? Yeah, we're located in West Hollywood. Um, We don't have a facility. All of our dogs go to foster care because I don't really believe in boarding dogs because you can't really place a dog you don't know. Mm -hmm. So we do work out of West Hollywood. We do our adoptions out of West Hollywood at the Petco. And we're just kind of, we're here, but we have dogs all over the country. So we're just not, you know. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And how many dogs do you feel you've probably found good homes for since you started? I know that uh, at the end of the year, beginning of December, we were close to 2,000, like 1,900 and Wow. That's, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you're rescuing dogs from shelters um, on their last day, and they're probably there because, We've got a serious pet overpopulation problem in in our country, and and people are forgetting to do something really important. And I have a feeling you have an uh, opinion about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big deal for us. We definitely um, we're very happy because um, we just had a law passed that was mandatory spay and neuter in Los Angeles County, mm-hmm. which any dog or cat over four months of age has to be spayed or neutered unless you have a proper breeder's license, okay. which is a big win for us. Um, the answer to this problem is to spay and neuter. Um, spaying and neutering your dogs or cats prolongs its life 
has a almost 30% less chance of contracting cancer, and it helps the pet population for overpopulation. Sure. So, you know, they're killing 500 dogs every single day in Los Angeles County at the shelters. So until we get this problem under control, we really need to stop breeding. Yeah, we had a really good uh, proposed law come before our uh, representatives recently. It was AB 1634. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was really disheartened with everything that ended up happening with that bill. Yeah, I was too. Um, I think it is going to be resurfacing in September. Oh, good. Yeah, which would be great for us. I think that... You know, Los Angeles kind of stepping up and deciding to having have their own AB 1634 mm-hmm. um, was a really, really great, in, you know, incentive I think for the state to look at it, look at it, and hopefully our our kill rates will go down within the next couple years. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get AB 1634. I know it's back on the books. I don't know exactly when the date is, but we're all going to go up to Sacramento and try to convince Arnold to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> you think he'll be uh, on your side? I think so. He seems like, you know, I mean, I know he's a Republican kind of in a closet of being a Democrat, but um, <laughs> but I think that I think he's going to, I think that once people see it, I, I think the, the main problem with the public is they don't really know what goes on in these shelters. No. They don't know that, you know, so many people come to our adoption going, where do you get these dogs? I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, about a mile down the road, yeah. you know, and it's, it's it's really disheartening because you, you don't realize how many adoptable, beautiful, wonderful animals are at the shelter. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just everybody really needs to go to the shelter. I know it's intimidating at first. I know it's a little depressing at first. But just think of the life that you're going to save that wouldn't have had a life. And, exactly. And if not, then go to a rescue. And then, you know, what we do is once we, we, we rescue some dogs, then we go back to the shelter and pull some more. I think the knee-jerk reaction of people is that if, if we spay and neuter all these dogs and cats, um, then we won't have dogs and cats anymore, and and that's not going to happen. Because That'll never happen. Yeah, well, and responsible breeders are going to get their breeding license, they're going to pay their fees, and they're going to breed pets that are healthy as opposed to the puppy mill pets, you know, from pet stores um, that all have health problems. Well, I think that's that's a really valid point, and I think also... You know, the main thing that a lot of people don't realize is 35% of the animals in the shelter that are killed are purebreds mm-hmm. and often come in with papers where people go and buy them, but the irresponsible breeders don't keep track of the animals' um, new homes to make sure everything's going okay, and I would say probably at least 50 to 70% of them won't take the dogs back or cats back. Right. So, I mean, it's it's really disheartening because there's 35% of the animals in the shelter right now are purebreds. I mean, there's everything from Shih Tzus to Boston Terriers to Labs to American Bulldogs. You name it, you can get it at the shelter. Absolutely. And another thing, too, that needs to be considered is even the mixes, you know, they had to come from somewhere. And uh, when you have a, a purebred lab that runs around and meets a purebred German Shepherd, <laughs> there's still purebred animals that are making babies that don't need to be around uh, in shelters. Exactly, exactly. And also the mixed breeds, I mean, you know, statistically, and, you know, I I do rescue a lot of American Bulldogs that are purebreds, but Mm -hmm. um, statistically a mixed breed will live longer, have less, um, you know, health issues, and also a lot of times be have a higher intelligence level. That's right. So, you know, I mean, I think you should, I think people should go to the shelter with an open mind or go to a rescue with an open mind 
don't be set on a male or a female or don't be set on a specific breed, maybe a specific size, mm-hmm. and just see who you bond with. You That's know? right. It's all personality. Yeah. <laughs> How they mix. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Now, let me ask you about your rescue. When you um, adopt a dog out, does it have all of its vaccinations? Is it spayed, and, spayed or neutered, all that good stuff? Yes, all of our dogs, um, I really, it's a lot harder and a lot more work for us, but a lot, my, my percent of return rate is less than 1%, actually, it's about 1%, um, because what we do is we get our dogs from the shelters, they're vaccinated, they're microchipped, um, they're um, fixed, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and then also um, we have our dogs in foster care before they're placed, so we, you know, you can't place a dog you don't know, so mm-hmm. we really, really, really know the dogs, um, and um, there, uh, you know, we can say, look, this one's great with kids, this one's great with cats, this one's not, this one doesn't like to be alone. So I think it's a really great way to um, to run the rescue. Yeah, that really helps people when they're trying to find the perfect pet for their household. So I think it's wonderful that you do that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more work for us, but I think in the long run it's a lot less work because our returns are so minimal. You know, I mean, obviously right now with the, with the financial crisis, we are getting more returns because people are leaving their homes, but we're trying to offer them solutions um, to, you know, help them and keep them for a month until they get back on their feet or try to help them find, you know, apartments that allow pets, which is another fallacy. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm moving into an apartment. I have to give up my dog. Well, so what? You know, your dog doesn't, just because you're moving into an apartment doesn't mean you can't have a dog. There's tons of rental agencies and, and stuff online that uh, a lot of apartments are allowing dogs you know, and cats, and um, I don't, I don't, I don't know why we get these calls, and I kind of we send them lists of tons of apartments in the area they're looking for that allow dogs. Wow. Yeah. Now, how can somebody get involved if they wanted to help out your your organization? Well, we do. There's tons of things we need. The first thing we need mostly is fosters, obviously, because we can save more dogs if we have more fosters. Okay. Um, do you have a website or yeah. a phone number? Yeah. It's we have of, about 20 seconds left. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> aceofheartsdogs.com, and it's, it's aceofhearts with an S, uh-huh. dogs with an S, plural, dot com. aceofheartsdogs.com. Email us. We'll email you right back. You can volunteer. You can foster, you can walk dogs, you can come to our adoption events, you can come in the office and do papers, anything you want to do. Wow, fabulous, Carrie. This has been great information. Everybody check out Ace of Hearts on the Internet. We do have to take a quick break, but we'll be back just a moment. So please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show on 1260 and 540. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm thrilled to have Marianne Dell here who, in addition to being the show's official book reviewer, is, in my opinion, one of the most knowledgeable pet behavioralists I know. Welcome back to the show, Marianne. Thanks, Marie. It's great to be here. Good. I was wondering if we can talk this week about caring for new pets that may have been adopted during the holidays. Absolutely. It's a perfect time because I'm sure a lot of pets found their ways into new homes. And this is probably one of the most critical times after an adoption because the excitement has kind of worn off a little and people are back at work and back to school and so the pet is left alone and that's when trouble starts. Yes. And one of the first things that people can do if they haven't reached that stage yet where they're about to resume normal life Mm -hmm. and 
suddenly leave the dog or the cat alone in the house. They can take advantage of the time that they're still at home but on vacation or whatever and start coming and going as they normally would so that the animal gets used to that before they're all of a sudden left alone. Yeah. They can, if you have a dog, you can leave it with some stuffed Kongs to chew on. Uh, even a puppy, they make tiny little puppy-sized Kongs. And if you have a big dog, they make bigger ones for big puppies. Yeah. And you can put some kibble and some canned dog food and maybe a little cheese Whiz or peanut butter on the end. And that will give the dog something to chew on. There's a lot of interactive toys out there that you can leave for dogs. And, of course, scratching posts for cats mm-hmm. and catnip for cats and different kinds of things that can keep cats stimulated. Um, but you want to be careful that what you leave an animal with is something that's safe, that doesn't have small parts that Mm -hmm. it can chew. There are some wonderful new interactive dog toys out there, but they do have small parts and they're only meant to be used with supervision. Right. So Mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to leave a dog with one of those where he could swallow a little piece of plastic or wood Right. or chew it up. Yeah, it might be good to talk to a veterinarian, too, and get some some advice on Mm -hmm. what are some good, safe toys for a pet to be left alone with. Absolutely. A vet or a lot of dog trainers can advise on that type of thing also. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of trainers, it's never too early to start training your dog if you get a puppy. I'm glad you brought that up. I can't believe how many people tell me that their dog is too young to start training, and they've been advised to wait until it's about four months old. Yeah. And there there are pros and cons to both sides. There are some health issues that a lot of people are concerned about if dogs don't have all of their shots, mm-hmm. that they could be exposed to some diseases that are serious. In a group class. In a group class mm-hmm. or just going out in the world in general. And while you don't want to put your dog at risk, your puppy, by taking it, say, to a dog park right. where there's no control, mm-hmm. Enrolling it in a class where the dogs are all screened for their vaccinations, where only healthy dogs are allowed in, where the shots are checked, is generally a pretty safe thing to do. And even the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists, I don't have the name exactly right, I can never remember exactly, but it's the group of vets and PhDs and behaviorists Um, who have a lot of guidelines out there, their guidelines for puppy socialization say start immediately. The critical phase is under three months. Mm -hmm. That's when all of those initial responses to the world and all those fear reactions to things come in and can be dealt with. And even this group, I'm so happy to see, says more animals are put to death in shelters uh, or wherever through behavior problems than die of diseases. Yeah. So really the risk of not getting your animal out there, and the same goes for kittens, mm-hmm. any kind of animal, not getting exposed to the things it's going to be exposed to later in life, and that's people, other dogs, traveling in a car, traveling in a car, going to the mm-hmm. vet, going to the groomer, getting handled, being touched, having its feet touched, good old nail clipping. Sure. So many animals are scared of it because nobody thinks to start handling Mm -hmm. their paws Mm -hmm. until their first nail clipping comes at five, six months. And by then, it's really too late to form that happy bond that they can have. Well, I tell you, I adopted a 10-year-old kitty. Um, Well, actually, he was eight at the time. He's 10 now um, from the animal shelter a couple years ago. And he's the sweetest cat in 
all regards except for when it comes to nail clipping. I can do maybe two or three, and then I have to wait a while until he mm -hmm. calms down because he literally will shred me if I try and do any more than that. I mean, he gets so angry and so upset. So yeah. you're absolutely right. If he had been used to having his nails clipped mm -hmm. from an early age, it, it would have been, been a non-issue. Another co real common fallacy is people have multiple pet households, mm -hmm. and they'll get a puppy, and they have two older dogs, let's say, and the three dogs get along wonderfully, and people then operate under the misconception that their puppy is socialized to other dogs. Because when he gets along with the family dog. Right, yeah. but he really needs to get out there in the world and meet strange dogs, mm -hmm. because there's a world of difference. and. Think of yourself. We're all comfortable in our family situation, our work situation, but a lot of us are not when we go out and have to deal with strangers. Same thing for our pets. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. People need to so. take that into consideration. Absolutely. Let me ask you this, too. This is also a time when people begin getting frustrated with house training problems, um, especially if they got a new puppy yeah. uh, for the holidays. Do you have any tips to help make this process a little easier? The key thing to house training, there are a couple of key things. One is confinement. Don't give puppies the run of the whole house. Number one, if you do, he could go to the bathroom in places that you won't discover until hours, days, weeks later, <laughs> which is far beyond the time when you can do anything about helping him to understand that that's not the best place to be doing that. Mm -hmm. And... This causes frustration. If he's confined in, in an X-Pen, I like to use X-Pens, which are the four-foot square metal pens. They come in a variety of heights depending on, you know, if you have a Chihuahua, you can get a short one. Mm -hmm. If you have a Mastiff, you can get a tall one. Um, you can also use a room, like a laundry room or a kitchen, where any room will do, where the dog can be confined. Know that it's probably going to have accidents at least a few until you can get house training accomplished. So have it be somewhere either where you don't care and you're going to, you've got a room with an old carpet you were planning to replace and as soon as the puppy's house trained, that's what you'll do. Mm -hmm. Or you put down tarps or towels and you clean regularly. Some dogs adapt to those puppy pads you can buy. Mm -hmm. So you can have some puppy pads down and the dogs will go or there. Or an old-fashioned newspaper. Mm -hmm. too. Others will see the pads in the newspaper as play toys and simply chew them up. <laughs> So you have to experiment with that. Uh -huh. The other part of house training is consistency. Mm -hmm. Get the puppy out first thing in the morning, after every meal, last thing at night. When you see them go filling up on the water bowl, get them outside because one rule of thumb with animals is as soon as something comes in, something goes out very quickly. <laughs> Put the dog on leash. Mm -hmm. Take him or her to a spot in the yard where you'd like them to go. And just give them a minute or two to go. Don't stay out there for half an hour. A lot of people do the backwards thing, which seems logical to us, of taking the dog out and waiting and waiting and waiting until they go. And as soon as they go, what happens? Back in the house. So the dog learns, hey, the longer I hold it, the longer I get to stay out here and sniff uh -huh. and have fun. So I'm not going to go. And a lot of times people don't have that much time to stay out there. They stay out for a period dog hasn't gone, they go back in the house, dog goes as soon as he goes in the house, because he had to go all along. He didn't want to come back in. Oh, so if you that give makes him, sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is where I like using a crate, because most healthy dogs 
won't, if it's the right size, if it's small enough, that all the dog can do is stand up, turn around, and lie down. Mm-hmm. Healthy dogs won't go to the bathroom in a crate. Okay. Now, this can be a problem with some pet store puppies because most pet store animals live in a little box for the entire time they're in right. the store. Uh-huh. So, so pe- they've been trained to go yes. into their crate, basically. Yes. So uh-huh. people who get pets from a pet store, get a dog from a pet store, are likely going to have a much harder time house training. Okay. Um, in that case, I would say probably forego the crate and use an X pen or a room and be really, really diligent about getting the dog outside as much as possible. Okay. When the dog goes outside, you don't want to turn around. Um, if, if you give them two minutes and they go, then let them play for a few minutes. Let them stay outside and get that reward of, oh, boy, we had I did a good thing. Mm-hmm. Give them a couple really, really yummy treats, not oh, kibble, okay. some nice liver or bribery chicken. Bribery is always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's no bribery. It's payment. Okay, I like to okay. think of it as the dog's paycheck for doing a job well. Uh-huh. And, and give them the reward. If they don't go, then they don't get a reward. They get picked up, they go back inside, and they go back in their crate. Okay. Or depending on the dog's age, if it's a really young puppy, I'll take them out again in 20 minutes. Okay. And no longer than half an hour. As the dog gets older, they should be able to hold it a little longer. Okay. And we're not talking about just leaving them in the crate, you know, 24 hours a day except for when you take them outside. Absolutely Once not. Once they've gone to the bathroom, they're good for a while, and they yes. can run around the house and socialize with everybody and have a good time. Yep, although I would still keep my eye on them. My, my rule of thumb with puppies to avoid a lot of problems, um, chewing, digging, mm-hmm. you know, chewing, inappropriate chewing is a biggie with puppies, That really of is. Uh-huh. Um, and the thing, you know, this has come up with uh, the Marley and Me, the movie that's just come out, which mm-hmm. is, is really a sweet movie. Um, about a dog who isn't a bad dog, although he's referred to as that a lot. He's just a dog who, whose owners inadvertently reinforce a lot of his bad behavior. Ah. He he chews the couch, and he's never given the opportunity to choose something more appropriate. Okay. And so with a puppy, um, what I recommend people do a lot is get a one of those leashes that goes around your waist mm-hmm. that you can, a belt that hooks around your waist with the leash attached to it that you can put on the puppy. So he's with you all the time. Okay. This lets you keep him out of trouble because you can keep an eye on him. And if he starts chewing on the corner of the kitchen table, uh-huh. you can scoop up your puppy toy and squeak it and get him engaged with that and play with that and then let him chew on that right? and reinforce him for, do give him a lot of praise. You know, if he likes to snuggle, you can pick him up and snuggle. Mm-hmm. If he likes to play with the toy himself, let him play with it for a few minutes. And I think that's the key there. I mean, dogs do need to chew, especially mm-hmm. puppies. So they're not going to just stop chewing on things because that's what you want. you got to give them something else that's right. to get that out of their system. Same and thing. if you don't, they're going to chew on your furniture. Yeah. It's the same thing with cats. Mm-hmm. Cats need to scratch. Mm-hmm. And if you don't provide something appropriate for them to scratch their claws on, they're going to use your couch. Or your leg. <laughs> or your leg. <laughs> my, my, my kitten climbs up my pant legs all the time. <laughs> but that's so much We've fun. We've been working on that. <laughs> Marianne, this has all been such great information. I can't believe we're already out of time. But don't worry, the Pet Place Radio Show will be back in a jiffy here on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. 
back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. On Saturday, January 31st, the San Juan Capistrano Animal Rescue Organization will be holding its sixth annual car show, and they spell car, C-A-R, with a little E at the end, so it's really care show, that will feature nearly 400 cars from hot rods to muscle cars and classics to antiques. The event will be held at San Juan Capistrano Community Center Sports Park from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. and will benefit Capistrano Animal Rescue Effort, or CARE, and its work on behalf of the city's homeless pets. The car show will also include live entertainment by a popular local band, displays, vendor booths, opportunity drawings, and celebrity guests, including Heisman Trophy winner John Capaletti. Food and beverages will be available from presenting sponsor Ruby's Diner. Cars from all over Southern California are expected to participate in the open class show with trophies going to the top 15 entries. Car owners are encouraged to enter their vehicles for a $30 fee until January 23rd. If you want to enter after January 23rd, the price does go up to $40 at the door. Registration includes two admissions to the show. Tickets to the event may be purchased at the door, costing $5 for adults, $2 children 11 to 17 years, and free for children under 11. And, of course, well-behaved dogs on leashes are welcome. Sounds like a really fun event. For more information, check out www.cattoanimalrescue.com. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please stay new to your pets and have a wonderful day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.